Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a focus episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the topics of the day. So I'm chatting with Jamila. Jamila, how do I say your last name to so make sure I pronounce it correctly? Jan. Jan, I would have got I would have went hard on the G. So Jan. So Jamila Jan, thank you. Jamila, you're I'm going to read, I'm going to read your LinkedIn because I think it, okay. I think it, it's written in a way to really let people know who you are and what you're about okay. helping e-commerce businesses make more money online with Facebook ads and conversation and conversion, not conversation, con- conversion rate optimization consulting. Right. So maybe let's, before we dive into everything we're going to talk about today, maybe unpack a little bit is kind of what you do and what keeps you busy day to day. Okay. So I do a couple of things. So I do, um, I do consulting and I have my assistant and social media manager who helps mostly with the consulting side. So like social media management and Facebook ads. And then I do consulting just for conversion rate optimization. So that's only like hourly. And then I'm also the marketing manager for uh, a SaaS business that helps e-commerce businesses um, show social proof. And finally, oh, I own Allura Boutique. And Allura Boutique is an e-commerce store, and we sell jewelry online. So, like, my whole life is kind of in the whole e-commerce social media. So, world. what I'm hearing is you have tons of free time, and you're not busy at all. <laughs> no, no, my kids—they don't keep me very busy or whatever. And you, and you're a mom, and you're a mom with two kids, absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, let's talk about like the the point of today's episode is to talk about the movement to like everything is going digital. We, we it was already going digital. Mm-hmm. The COVID situation has certainly, from a retailer perspective, I feel, you know, certainly have you seen a lot of people that were like. Oh, oh shit, we're like, we're late. Like yeah. we're late to the party. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There are some people who um, contacted me and they're like, you know, I was thinking about going online, but now it's like a race against time to get online. Yeah. And like a uh, fashion boutique here in Calgary was like, we were like kind of working on our online store, but like now, like we have to get this done by like Monday. And it, that does pose problems because you can't do it properly, but it is good to be online so that your customers can find you. And there are like a bunch of things that I recommended that people do. So like the first thing when it just started, I told people, I'm like, let your customers know that you're you're um, still delivering or you like have a COVID message at the top. Cause some people like they didn't even do that. And reaching out to your community and making sure that that you are posting things that are like easy to buy online, like your best sellers. Cause you can't put your entire catalog online. You should. Okay. That's probably a good, that's probably a good lesson right there. Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone's like, we need it all. It's like, so when you, when you start, if you weren't online, you go online, how many SKUs would you recommend to start with? Like, I know it's maybe relevant to a business, but is there a, is there a sweet spot? Half a dozen products? Like, so there's no sweet, it depends on your capacity, but I typically tell people to post their absolute best sellers and the things that are easiest to ship. So the things that are like the lightest <laughs> and yep. the smallest things. So anything that has the best margin so that you can include free shipping in it. And then anything that, again, you know that people are going to buy, whether or not it's online or in store. And that's like the best way to get like your top, let's say like your top 10% products that have like the highest margin and are the cheapest to ship online. And then you can start adding things every week. And then you can like throw that into your social media, right? Like, look at what we just posted online this week, or this is a new arrival on the online store. So yeah, I usually go small and easy to ship. <laughs> well, no, I'd like to, is that, I'm curious, is that why you, uh, you started a uh, jewelry business? Because it's, it's easy to ship? Well, yeah, we used to sell I'm sure there's many, I'm sure there's many reasons, but I'm like, wait a second. I see some between the lines here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, so, we used to sell like baskets and soap and stuff like that. And I was like, this stuff is so bulky. And like the shipping is ridiculous. And I couldn't include the shipping price into the item to make it seem like it was free shipping. So I was right. just like, okay, jewelry costs like two bucks to ship. Like, 
like three to the states or whatever. <laughs> so, so I appreciate yeah. the different strategies that you're forced with with the realities of like every business has this dynamic, right? And yeah. you and you learn. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I'm not going to get into business, like, even though I think it's been like the fitness business has been a great business to be in in the last three months. I shipping like dumbbells is 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 a super expensive. <laughs> like it costs more than the thing itself when you yeah. get, if if you even could get any of the last three months. Oh, I know, I know. Superstar was like sold out like two weeks into the. <laughs> I know I was late to the game. I thought I was going to be smart. And like, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh yeah, man, I should set up a gym at home. And I called a few fitness places and they basically just laughed at me. They're like, you are like a week and a half behind. Like they literally sold out everything in a week's period. Yeah. It's crazy. But even online gyms. So one client that I have, she has uh, like a fitness package, but there's another one. She has like online an online Mm -hmm. gym and like even doing online video um, workouts is still pretty popular because the gym's still not open, right? No, so I think they're opening this week. I think, like, oh. I think the normal gyms. I, but I'm assuming that it's going to be a very restrictive. You know, right. I don't think it'll be going to the gym with your mask on and all your gear is probably not a fun way to work out. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working out from home for the course of the summer. Right. So when for you for client wise, are you fa- mainly oh. focused? Like, I know, I know you're based in Calgary. Do you work with clients in Alberta, across Canada, across North America? For because the nice thing about online, right? There's very like the the world is your oyster. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, so for the consulting, so last year, like. I, almost all of my clients were Americans. And I was okay. just like, only because like, I was like, I get paid in American dollars. And like, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. But Especially also, these days, that's, that's like getting an immediate uptick on every single sale. Exactly, it's like 30% more, it's amazing. <laughs> so, but uh, lately I've been working with a lot more local businesses. So like the local uh, fitness lady and then like a local builder. Um, okay. I just found like, especially last year, the reason why I focused so much on America was because I don't, people in Calgary just were not like, for me anyway, I'm not sure what your business is like, but people in Calgary just were not ready to like make that investment for growth. But also I think that Americans were like very like bullish on their market and things were like going well, like everybody was making money. (laughs) Well, yeah, the American economy has been doing great the last bunch of years. And and I I found that Calgary, and this is, this is about the Calgary economy. I do find, I have found over the years that Calgary businesses were a little slow to the table for Mm -hmm. digital transformation. Like that's just a reality. Yeah. And that, that was why I didn't, I didn't have a lot of, of customers in Calgary, but I am like trying to reach out to like, especially now I'm trying to reach out to people and give them just like free advice because like it is a need to to get online and it's a need to like understand just like the very basics of digital marketing if you want to be competitive globally. Because like there's, I mean, we're not, I, I can't predict the future, but I don't think we're going to get back to a place where people are just like out of university and making like 80K or whatever it is. <laughs> No, I, yeah, no. There, there were there were some unrealistic standards that were set because yeah. of the energy energy being what it was for so many years. But I, exactly. unfortunately, I think you're right that we all know that world has changed and and it's maybe it's not coming back and that's okay. Let's find it. Let's find a better way. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I want I want to help other like particularly female owned businesses get online and give them the the advice to make their their stores better and to show them how to do e-commerce because I think it, it's just better for us in general if we can all make make money in in a way that is not tied to oil and gas and it, it helps to support like a lot of the women that I work with there it's like always like a 
like a labor of love, right? A lot of them are like handmade people and and that kind of thing. So like they're more artists than they are business people. And that like is detrimental to like making money. (laughs) If you're like, oh no, yeah, no, the the passion, the passion driven product also comes sometimes, and I want to over stereotype, comes at the cost of business savvy or even a a drive to want to understand that side of the business, which is tough because you really need both to be successful. Exactly, exactly. So it's just, you know, helping to change that mentality and being like, you can make a lot of money selling your products, but you just have to do it properly. And sometimes you, I tell people all the time, like we used to make these like elaborate like jewelry pieces. And I'm like, no, sometimes you have to sell out if you want to reach like your ideal target market and have like turnover. Sometimes it's not just about the art, it's about the business and that's what I think. No, it it is a blend, but you're right. When you bring passion to the table, it changes. So I'm curious about a broader perspective as the Mm -hmm. world, you know, we all have been retrained uh, no matter where we were before. We're shopping online now more than ever over the last four months. What's your thoughts on the concern around, you know, the Amazons of the world, kind of the, you know, and not to, it's maybe a bad comparison, but it's it's like the Walmart to the Mm -hmm. local general store was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, this big, like high volume, like retailer who's really efficient to buy from comes into the market. And myself as a consumer, it's pretty easy to go and click than it is to maybe go search out a local business that maybe doesn't have a sophisticated or less friction online process. Like, I guess Mm -hmm. any comments on that of where smaller businesses can compete when it comes to a pretty competitive landscape? Yeah. So the thing about Amazon is that most people go to Amazon like they would go to like Walmart for like essentials, right? They're like, oh, I need to buy matcha tea or I need to buy this book or like it's no, I'm not sure about you, but a lot of people don't go on to Amazon for like unique gifts, right? They go on as okay, more, of like more, a, com- more commodities, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about Amazon that I've, I've even read from some larger retailers is like they don't sell on Amazon because Amazon will literally steal their like, first of all, They'll steal their products and then you don't own the, the customer journey. So even if you mm. are a small business and you're like, oh, maybe I can make some money off of Amazon, the likelihood that your product is going to be ripped off, not to say that that's not going to happen normally, is higher, but also you don't get to own the customer experience. So like you'll never, ever be able to retarget that customer or engage in a meaningful conversation with them. So I think that's where small businesses, especially locally, can can benefit is that you get to have a connection with your community and you get to really own that experience. And people are looking for experiences online. Like they're looking to connect with brands. So, I mean, yeah, Amazon is not going anywhere and it it is going to take market share away from people, but that's not to say mm-hmm. that small businesses can't create like their own experience online. I love what you said about that. And I think it's, it's so easy sometimes to think about an online business just being a series of e-commerce transactions where what I heard you say, and I, and I tend to agree if I'm hearing it is it's your ability to actually create a community Mm -hmm. and it's about your, it's about your list so that you can then like, cause if, if you sell to them, but Amazon made the sale, it's not your client technically like as, 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 you know, versus, you know, you can now give them offers. You can invite them to events. Like, you know, we will get back out in the world. We will go and move around again and giving people an experience that connects them to a brand. I, I, it's good to take that and say, well, e-commerce just doesn't mean transactions. It actually means a digital community. Yeah. The best e-commerce stores are the ones who like treat their, their followers on Instagram as though they're like part of a tribe or their family or something mm. like that. And Tri- I like- love tri- the tribe vibe, the tribe <laughs> yeah, vibe. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's not, e-commerce isn't like cold. It's not like those like crappy HTML websites that used to be there. It's like yes. yeah, it yeah, yeah, an yeah. experience and you have to design your website and like your whole customer journey as an experience. Like, like 
pretending as though this person would be in your store is how you have mm. to define e-commerce. It's as if somebody is shopping in a store. How are you communicating your product benefits to them as you would if you were talking to them in person? And it's those kinds of things that will make your e-commerce store better because it's not it's not just a transaction. You're like, you're building a relationship. And I think people miss that. It's not like you just throw something up online, you sell a drone or whatever, and that's it. No, it's just not, that's not how it is. And is that a challenging transition for, I don't know, and I don't know if it's age or just experience. Like if I'm new and I'm a digital native and I'm coming into the world of business and I go online, I feel like I might just get that a little more because I grew mm -hmm. up with online experiences where I think of some businesses that have been quote unquote brick and mortar for a long time, right. pivoting the other direction feels like it could be hard because it is, it's, it's similar, but yet very different, but yet almost exactly the same. Right. Really yeah. it down. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't work with like a lot of businesses where the owners are older and that's probably my fault for like okay not well let's not even talk about what older means and how old old is like that's dangerous territory yeah, it is. but at the same time like i there's i'm like usually at a certain point and i can't i i don't work with people who like don't like don't already understand and they're like oh i i need help with this okay right? you're, you're you're not working with clients you have to convince on the idea of, yeah. of digital experiences exactly. okay I, I understand yeah they already know they need it and they're like but how can i do it better or how can I do it properly? So I just, I, I'm not, I'm not at that, that particular stage. No, no, I, pre I appreciate that. If someone happens to be listening, who's at that stage, what, what piece of advice, what advice would you give them besides to maybe call someone else? No, I'm totally joking, but maybe not, maybe not. Like what advice would you give somebody who's maybe sitting there going like, wow, I've done it this certain way for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not ready to move on yet. I want to still do this. And I know digital's there. Mm -hmm. Is there any, you know, what, what, what words of wisdom would you share? Well, I would tell them probably to start really small. I would tell them to start with something that they think they know. So for example, like maybe this person's already on Facebook because Facebook's demographic is very old. So maybe they're on Facebook. So maybe they're comfortable with that interface and maybe they want to start interacting with their customers on that particular platform. So I would tell them to just be like, stick to kind of what you know. And then once you get good at one thing, then you can like start to move on to another thing. But it's not like it's, I would never tell somebody like you need to like, get your online store and be on Facebook and be on Instagram and make sure that you're like doing YouTube videos. Like, no, you can't do it all. Just pick one thing that you're comfortable with. And, start and it still there. has to be, and it has to be realistic for you as a, you know, when you're running a business, that's a smaller business and it, it's kind of you, mm -hmm. it's gotta be in line with where you're at or, it, or it's one, it looks fake or it just doesn't work. Like exactly. you just stop doing it. Exactly. The, the world, world is littered with Facebook landing pages that have like three followers and three posts and haven't been posted on since 20, 2016. Like we know those, we've seen them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're very real. Or the Instagram that has one post and, and 16 followers and it's your friends and that's it. And you follow 400 people. <laughs> I know, we've seen it all. And maybe we've, we've done, you know, sometimes uh, it's true. If you don't really buy into it because it's, it's very easy to get started. It's yeah. back to the discipline of actually being consistent with it. It's exactly. So and, and sometimes it's better to not have your social media. But what I would recommend is like you claim all your handles on all the social platforms, even if you don't use them, just make sure that mm -hmm. you have them. And then if you ever want to, then the will already be gone. That's exactly. the challenge there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I would just claim them all. Like we claim like our Snapchat 
or no, our TikTok. Well, we do have Snapchat and TikTok. We don't okay. use them. But yeah, <laughs> but, you, but, you, but, you, but you claimed them. Yeah. Hey, well, since we're talking about it, any what what what? Because I, I hear people talk about TikTok. I have executives ask me about it. They're like, because their mm -hmm. their kids told them about it. Mm -hmm. Relevance from an e-commerce perspective, relevance as a platform as a tool to communicate. Uh, what do you see? Is it is it? I'm asking you to make future predictions here, but I'm I'm curious your reviews about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, there's one jewelry store that I was talking to, and they get a lot of so they. Get a lot of traffic from TikTok. So I think TikTok is going to be a little bit like Pinterest where you get drive-by traffic. But if your market is not on TikTok, then it's it's going to be a waste of your time. So like they sell jewelry that's like 110 US dollars or something for like a necklace. And like they'll when an influencer will post something about their necklace, they'll get lots of traffic, but their conversion rate is not very good because like they're usually like young kids with like no money. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's but but it but it's pretty, and we love like we're a very visual society, yeah, yeah. and social media is feeding us vi visuals all the time, especially influencers. Exactly. But you're right; there's a difference between traffic and qualified traffic. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, if you're like if you have somebody on your team, you're a small team, and like you think that your target market is hanging out on TikTok, then I think it's probably a good place for you to be. But you should never invest money on a place where your target market is not really hanging out on. Otherwise, like you're just you're wasting your time. So. <laughs> And I think that's so easily overlooked sometimes when people like, and it's becoming less now as people are becoming more comfortable and have a deeper understanding of what it is, like what social media is, mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, we should just be on this platform because it's never just because where's your audience? What do they care about? Where are they hanging out to your point? And it's, yeah. it seems so basic, but sometimes I find still it's easily overlooked because someone will read an article about a certain platform. And then all of a sudden they feel they should be on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That, you know, you got to work through that. Something I heard you say about optimization, like when you work with customers, how often, I guess, how much do you constantly optimize and review the process? And like, mm -hmm. we get some new data, we go through it. Like, I guess what I'm getting at is, is this, what I'm hearing is this isn't a set it and forget it strategy. No, mm -hmm. no, it never is a set it and forget it strategy. So depending on the size of your business, like if you're getting more than like 500 page views a day or something like that, then you can probably A-B split test certain things if you have like the right platform. But if you're just small, like if it's just like, if you're just, you know, uh, you and like a couple of staff then you can use like heat maps to see are people clicking on things that like are not clickable and then changing that and then see see what happens right so it's just constantly making these like little improvements like i changed my my header uh does this impact the way the bounce rate on my page so like choosing something to to that you want to measure and improve on and then testing for that but it's just one it's one at a time because like you probably don't have like a massive team to test to test like every single change right you have to just say i want to improve my conversion rate let me start at the bottom of the funnel. Let me start at my cart, right? And see how I can make right. my checkout experience better. Okay, now that's I've done better. all I've done all the work to get them there. Why up. am I losing them? Let's work our way back up. Yeah, exactly. you're right. There's exactly. no point optimizing the top of the funnel if the bottom of the funnel is broken. <laughs> Exactly. But sometimes so it's fancier and shinier because it's the pictures and the images and the graphic design. And yeah. it's easier to get kind of hooked on that. Mm -hmm. No, but it's it, like if you spend the money getting traffic to your store, then like you want to make sure that you they're buying, right? And you have to optimize the boring stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, because that's when it moves out of the creativity and the passion. It moves down. And not that someone couldn't be passionate about it, but it moves down into the analytics mm -hmm. and like looking at the numbers and it, I'll be blind. It kind of quote unquote, doesn't matter what you think. It matters how your customers are acting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, my mom always says, it's not about you, Jamila. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know that's a good lesson. But you're right. And when you're when you're running a business, it's so easy to make that mistake of like, oh, I really think this image is going to convert. It doesn't matter. Did your customers click on it? And things like Hotjar and there's some very simple, like basically low cost, almost free tools Mm -hmm. that can allow you to window into your customers' actions. That I love about digital that you just don't necessarily get in a bricks and mortar environment without a pretty high tech setup to go. Where did they walk first? And where did they turn? And but you can see that on a website. When to me, that's very empowering as a business owner of any size. Oh yeah, it's amazing. it's, I, it's the best that you can use your data to make good decisions, whereas in retail it is it is hard it, unless you like train your staff really well to like look for these things. Then yes. it's like if you can just like look into your Google Analytics or look into your Shopify Analytics and they're like, this was added to the cart, but people didn't buy it. And it's like, okay, well, like what's wrong with this product page, right? And then you you work on that. So it's Well, and it's the difference between qualitative data and quantitative data. Like this is real. Like these are numbers. We yeah. had this many people not let like put in their credit card. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's because our credit card form wasn't working. Like some of those things seem so obvious when you talk about them. Mm-hmm. But when you engage in digital business, I've seen I've seen business owners not being sure. And then all of a sudden, when they realize the power it gives them, how excited and like all of a sudden how motivated and I'll be blunt, how much more budget they have to put towards optimization because it's associated now between this and outcome, which exactly. is revenue. Yeah. Yeah. That's why that's why I like it. I like I like being here because I feel like I can tell people the things that they need to do and it will make them money. And I'm like, see, look, you're like making so much money. And as a consultant, there's nothing really better than like my, my, my high value promise is I can help you be more successful and I can actually do it. How long, how long you been doing this? I've only been doing it since the end of 2018. So it hasn't been like super long. And then I've run Allura for like almost 10 years. So I have like, yeah. Did you, you did you get into it literally from learning on your own project? Like you set up your own business and you figure and you figured it out. I know so many people that are very successful in digital, and they this somewhere along the way they just did their own thing and figure and had to quote unquote figure it out. Yeah, exactly. That's that's been the case with Alora. I'm like, okay, these are the things that we have to do to make the online store better. These are like these are the product images we need. This is how the customer has to come through the website. I'm like, oh wow, I'm making like a lot of money. So maybe I can help other people <laughs> make money. Uh, no, that's and you went into 2018, which two years in digital is maybe like, I don't know, like a, like four or five years in normal. Like I don't say one to two. I'm not even sure because digital changes and evolves so quickly. Every day, every single day. There's <laughs> something new. So, but it's nice. It's nice that it's always changing. And I, it's nice that you can really tie it to the bottom line, like as long as you do it properly. So. Yes. Well, I think that's, 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 that's the caveat. You made a comment earlier and I just wanted to ask, you know, it's something you and I talked about on, offline. Mm-hmm. You said you f- primarily focus on women, uh, female businesses, women, female business owners. Right. And you're also a woman, a woman of color mm-hmm. running a business in Alberta. And with the things that have been going on in our world over the last little bit, or certainly the, they've, the things have been brought to the service. Curious your perspective on being a woman in business, one, being a woman of color in business in Alberta, why you choose to only work with female clients. Just what, like, what's that personal experience been like for you? Right. So for me, being like a, being a woman of color in Alberta is like, it's fine. I mean, growing up, it was like kind of like weird. People would say like mean things to me just because I was black. But like now the people that I work with are pretty like open-minded and they're cool. And they're like, they're like not, they're not racist people. Like I don't encounter people who are like racist in my day-to-day living. But the reason that I chose female entrepreneurs is because I saw that there were like a lot, like there were a lack of women who were like, I can do this online. And like, they didn't have like the, I don't want to say like the confidence, but they just didn't see like a business like theirs being online. So like, for example, when you like look at all of like the marketing, it's always like middle-aged white men. And it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not for me. (laughs) Yeah. So just making sure that I was there to be supportive to 
to females because my personal opinion is that if we want equality and we want women to like be empowered then they need to be financially empowered and i think like when you make your own money and you don't have to answer to anybody that's when you can like live your best life and that's what i want to see for other women so I'm no, like, I, I appreciate it. you're right you and i talked about even offline like when you have the, the power of the dollars the power to decide exactly. you can decide to buy here you can decide you can do whatever you want exactly. and yeah empowering it through through a capitalist approach i appreciate yes. that and on, an online business is, is about as capitalist <laughs> as it gets but i love it because if you're providing value you'll do well if you're not providing value you won't which to me is the ultimate kind of leveler of good versus like good quality versus less than good quality right mm -hmm. but at the same time some people like they don't understand how to provide the value, right? Like it's not that right. they're not, they can't bring something of value to market. They just don't know how. So I think giving those people the, the channel and the ability to bring their value to market is like, what's really important because there are a lot of like, there are a lot of businesses and like minority businesses that have great product, but they literally do not know how to market their product to people right. who have money. And I'm like, you're not going to make money selling to to poor people. That's just like not how it's going to go unless you're, unless you are exploiting them or selling food and milk, right? Like that's just like, you're not going to sell a, I, a nobody yeah, okay. to people with no money. So you have to find people who have money. And that's like not something that I think a lot of like women or low income, like minorities just know how to do because they don't like, have you ever like looked at somebody and be like, how, like, how does this person like make so much money? A, a guy that I know said he doesn't know anybody who makes more than $60,000 a year. He doesn't know anybody who makes more than $60,000 a year. So if you don't see people like making money, then you can't do it yourself because you don't know it exists. So that's why I uh, want yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's hard to it's it's hard to attain what you can't what you what you can't even inspired like you can't envision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I heard a joke I did years ago. If you can't go there, this was about retail. If you can't go there with your mind, you'll never go there with your wallet. So if you can't envision yourself buying a product or envision yourself interacting with a company, you're never going to go buy something from them. Right. But it's it's very similar to with success. So that's so. Do you find in your role that a lot of the people that you work with, you're also do you end up playing a little bit role as a coach, kind of giving them like what is possible? Yeah. I do. I do a lot, especially because like there aren't a lot of black people in Calgary. Like there are, there are maybe like 20,000 of us or something. I don't know the numbers, but I, cause I grew up in Montreal and I spent a lot of time in Toronto. When I first moved here 20 years ago, I was like, wow, this is a very white place. Yeah. Like this, like compared to Montreal is incredibly mixed Toronto. It's just, it's just, it isn't, you don't even comment on it cause it's just the world you live in. Exactly. But when you came to, when you come to Calgary, I don't know what the number is, but it is a very, especially the downtown core. It can be very, it's a very white environment. Yeah, you're like, it just is. You're like, Oh, there's like another black person. It's like spotting a unicorn. <laughs> but, but there are because yeah. you said you grew up here so you've lived here your whole life yeah i like used to go on the train and like be like the only black person for like the whole train ride <laughs> so that's i grew up i i grew up i've been here for a while okay yeah we don't need to get into age yeah, we're not yeah. talking about everything yet no no we'll keep that keep that so yeah it's, it's not that kind of a podcast we don't need to be that that's interesting so growing up in this environment but yet i heard you say loud and clear from your own personal experience it hasn't been a racist experience for right. you. And then again, I'm just curious to hear you say that. Yeah, I mean, there's no, and I think, again, I have always like worked for myself. So I've never had to like put myself in like mm. a corporate environment. Whereas a lot of other black people that I know, they have experienced racism in corporations, but I guess because I have the ability to choose the type of people that I work with and that I hang out with, that right. I don't have to like deal with that kind of thing. So like I've heard mm -hmm. stories, but for me personally, it just like hasn't been an issue since oh well there's once when it was an issue like really early on but like 
but like now nobody says anything negative to me and it's just like okay so from as as a business owner as as a female business owner person of color you haven't had to deal with you don't feel it's held you back in your business in any way right no i don't i don't think that it that it has and i mean but that's also my own personal experience and i cannot speak for everybody else just just no absolutely i think that you know you and i were chatting offline this starts with a conversation about our own personal experiences Mm -hmm. and you know and being curious and being open so my opportunity to chat with you about something that's really important multiple issues you know the racial issue is incredibly important Mm -hmm. e-commerce digital transformation business in alberta because the whole point of this podcast is Alberta's going through some challenging times right now. And we need every idea. We need every gender. We need every race. We need everybody contributing to the growth because I love this province and I love this city, Mm -hmm. but we've got some challenges economically. That's real. And you know what? Economic challenges right now are affecting us all (laughs) at different levels, but the overall Alberta economy, it's a real conversation for all of us to have. But I think if we can get more people to participate, again, like I said, I love capitalism. If we can get more people to participate as like a business owner and reduce the barriers to entry for people to create the value because like the only way that we like pay for roads is if like people pay taxes, people pay payroll taxes, like all these taxes that we have, somebody has to create money for tax for it to be taxed on. So we have to get more <laughs> yes. people. That's the basic fundamental principle. Yeah, exactly. We need more people to make to have more businesses so that the government can tax them more so we can have more infrastructure. Well, and it, you know, <laughs> I had someone say, you know what? As long as I'm paying taxes, I know I'm making money. Yeah. And as long as I live in this amazing country that I live in, well, you know, there's you can get into the nuances, right. but fundamentally I have this quality of life because of the taxes we all pay and so yeah. on and so forth. And not to turn this into a political conversation, but so have you seen like even since the past three months, or maybe even over the last four or five years, you've, you know, you've been focusing on it for the last two, are more people kind of, is digital allowing people to follow their own path a little bit more? Like, is it, I don't want to say the word easy because it's never easy, Mm -hmm. but is there more opportunities to be entrepreneurial now than maybe there ever has been? Yeah. There's like a really low cost to, to entry. Uh, For example, if you wanted to start like drop shipping for e-commerce, you could probably do it with like like less than a thousand dollars if you like really wanted to but of course you have to put in the you have to put in the work you have to do the research but it's not as though like what we were opening a store like almost 10 years ago and like you needed so much money to like open a store and get the inventory and like all that other kind of stuff and it's like you just don't there the barrier to entry isn't there so a lot of people who like don't have a lot are able to start businesses which is nice and not most of them are going to fail but that's okay because they still have the ability to like try to start a business that has low barrier to entry so yeah lots of people i i I, and i I, I would still rather and i'm not saying this to be more of it that people try and fail than not be able to try at all right like if if it's immediately excluding a whole group of people because and i get it i never want to use the word easy because you still have to learn it and you said it loud and clear you still have to do the work i'm just going to do an online store and get rich overnight no that's not going to happen That would be your, you'd be super, you'd be okay with that. Oh yeah. But, but, but the abilities out there and let's be honest, like, you know, uh, my buddy built a garage behind his house and he just jokes, it's the garage built by YouTube because anything I didn't know how to do, I just went online and Googled it and YouTube would give me a video on how to build it. And I just did it myself. Yeah. There's not much these days you can't learn if you've got the motivation and resourcefulness to go fill it out. And also people like yourself, because I do believe in also getting someone in your corner, having a coach, having someone who's done what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. There's no point being it, doing it totally the hard way. You can right. skip over it a few align minds by actually reaching out and talking to a coach or somebody can help guide you through the process because yeah. learning by trial and error that can be expensive and, and it can really kill your enthusiasm it can i always tell people like you don't need to reinvent the wheel like if xyz is doing it well then do it like do it like them as long as it fits into like your business model and like it helps your target market like you don't have to come up with new things all the time it's just it's too much effort especially if you're just starting out 
Yes, take as many proven. There's a lot of proven business. And, and digital is not new. It's been around for a while. There's some very proven techniques on how things work. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Exactly. So curious, being in Calgary, are you? do you reach out? Are you part of, because there's a lot of like, there's startup Calgary, there's platform, there's a lot of you know organizations, meetup groups. Mm-hmm. Do you find Calgary has a, a good support network for people that are wanting to, at a very entry level, get involved with running their own business in digital? Is that yeah. like, is it is it out there? Are those resources there? Yeah, they're definitely there. And I think people in Calgary are like always willing to help. I don't think like I've ever like asked somebody, oh, there's once when I asked somebody for help and they were too busy, but that was like literally once. And like- well, You can remember it because it's only one time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah but it's like people are- willing to help you people are willing to talk to you they are just like like people are willing to give give you advice for free i i i haven't run into anybody who's like like no like i don't have time for you like you're you're not important enough for it it is it is absolutely i've lived in a bunch of cities it is the biggest small town i've ever lived in and if you reach out to somebody i do find it incredibly helpful even just doing this podcast like i think maybe once somebody said they couldn't because they were too busy and couldn't get booked in otherwise people like oh sure i'll come on yeah sure i'll help i'll love to contribute oh it's about the economy sure i'm in like there's just a there's a small town kind of vibe here that i do really really like from even the business community it's it's amazing like how successful of people you can reach out to and they will give you the time. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice thing about Calgary that like people are just like they're just they're like not pretentious like some other places. No, it's not, yeah, no, everywhere is not created equal. Like I do I do like our western hospitality. Yeah. It is fantastic. It's really no, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing your perspective on just some of the things around digital that you're seeing. Like I don't think anybody who's in business isn't having a conversation about some element of digital transformation right now. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, that they couldn't like like you said, they couldn't just leave it for next year's initiative. Like it's a now initiative. Yeah. It's a it's a oh shit, oh shit, we're late initi- initi- initiative. Exactly. But it's good and it's good for the consumer and I think it's good for the economy because now people have more choice especially people who maybe were like disabled or they couldn't get out to like these places or like they just Mm. at the outside then having your offering online benefits like so many more people than you like are even than you even know so it's, I think, you know, it's funny. I didn't think about it, but you're right. Accessibility. I take for granted that I can get in my car and drive yeah. to a store. I don't want to anymore. So I don't, but some people didn't even have that option in the first exactly. place. That's an interesting point. Exactly. So just make it like, yeah, you can't, you can't see it all, but there, like, there's so many benefits for like people being online for the broader society. And the reality is it's this is this trend isn't going away. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like you can't beat it, join it kind of thing. Yeah. So having someone like yourself out there to be able to reach out. So if, if somebody's listening and they're inspired, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you to reach out? Or do you have are you taking on new clients? Are you swamped? Like how busy are you? Uh, well, I'm like pretty busy. I had to limit my my Mondays and Thursdays because I just could not get any uh, like other work <laughs> done outside of the meetings and the consultations. But People can find me on LinkedIn if they want to, and then they can just send me a message. I'm Jamila Jan on LinkedIn, or you can go to jamilajan.com. And oh, I guess I should call my name though. What's that? I don't think anybody can spell my name. It's J A M E E L A. G-H-A-N-N. So that's how you spell it. We will absolutely put up some links on the podcast and we'll share this out with our network. And I really appreciate one, your passion and your energy and just how willing you were to kind of chat and share and kind of walk us through your experience. So thanks for being on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yay, it was fun. It was was my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) 